0: with not one, but two baptisms this morning. And so without further ado, I want to bring down my buddy Hayden DeRose. Come on Hayden. There you go. Hayden absolutely did not want to face that way. He wanted to look at you, to wave apparently. (laughs) Hayden has been a believer for a little while now. He and I have met, um, we've sat in my office, we've talked. Hayden is one of the few kids that has ever come into my office. Most of the time they come in, they're a little bit nervous. Because um, they've walked into the pastor's office. It feels a lot like maybe the principal's office. Um, and Hayden walked in and sat in the chair across from me and was like, "So, <laughs> Confidence. He was ready to go, and I believe, without a shadow of a doubt, after talking to him, after seeing his family, after just doing life with Hayden, that I know the answer to this question, but Hayden, I have to ask. Hayden, do you know that Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior? Yes. Perfect. Based on your public profession of faith, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in a new life.
1: Isn't this a great way to start a service? Isn't it wonderful just to see God uh, moving in people's lives and in people's hearts? I have Michael Nato. Michael Michael and I got together a couple of weeks ago, and uh, Michael was just sharing with me that he Gave his life to Jesus a number of years ago, but come this way just a little bit. I see the camera right there, so I just want to be sure that we get into that. Um, so uh, Michael came to me a couple of uh, weeks ago, and he said, you know, I, I just I just feel like baptism is something I need to do in my life. Um, there, there's just some things that I need to get right, and I feel like this is a, this is a first step. And so I had an opportunity to talk with Michael. Michael is one of those people, and I'll just share with you that Michael's one of those people that at the end of our service, a lot of times I'll say, if you want to give your life to Jesus, just raise your hand. And Michael has raised his hand a number of times. And so he came to me saying, I want to give my life to Jesus. And I said, buddy, I think you've already done that. I I think that is set and settled. And so really what we're doing today is we're taking that step of obedience in baptism. And uh, I'm just so pleased to see what God is doing in Michael's life and pleased to see this step and, uh, and continuing to move forward. Michael, have you given your life to Jesus? Yes. That is awesome, buddy. I love to hear that. And su- such an awesome thing to just see what God's doing in your life. Michael, it's by profession of faith in Christ that I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Bear with Christ the baptism. brand new life in a brand new way to live life. church it doesn't get any better than that that is what we're here for that is what we're all about and we want to see more and more people come to know the lord and to see god move in their lives are you ready for a great time of worship well let's stand and let's worship the lord in joy in all that he has done because he is good too. good
2: morning church how are we feeling today On. We once were lost, but now we're found. Hallelujah. Amen. Wandering into the night, wanting a place to hide this weary soul. A bag of bones. I try with all my might, but I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly drifting a vagabond and just when I ran out of road I met a man I didn't know he told me I cannot deny what I've seen. Got no choice but to believe, my doubts are burning like ashes in the wind. So so long to my old friends. burden in bitterness, you can't just keep it moving. Oh, you ain't welcome here. You don't need bitterness. From now till I walk in the streets to go, I'll sing about how to save my soul. This wayward son has found his way back home. I lost another one, I am free. 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 I I am free. I am free. I am free. I am free. I am I I am free. I I am free. I am free. I I am free. Turn me around and place my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior because He healed my heart. He changed my name forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the Master. That grave. Get up, get up, get up, come on! get up out of that grave. Come on, get up, get up, get up, get up out of that Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. lost another one, and I am oh, free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one, I am free. I am free. Oh, I, so I am, free. Free. Hell Hell am free. Hell lost another. Get up, get up, get up out of that grave! Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave! Yes,
3: amen. We thank God today for all that He's done for us. Would you please be seated? Hey, good morning. I think I thank God for getting to worship with y'all. That was awesome. Yeah. Well, hi, my name is Brad. I'm one of the pastoral interns here. I just want to give you a big, warm welcome. I am honored to worship with you today in Stetson Baptist, just to to sing alongside you and get to praise God. I want to come up here and just bring a few announcements to you. The first one, of course, is to check in for us, please. You can do that on your phone with the information behind me. Or you can grab that little blue connection card in the seat right in front of you and just fill that out and and put it into one of those boxes by the doors. We love keeping in contact with y'all. We love knowing how to pray for you and uh, the the ministry that's at work and what God is doing in our city. So please do that for me. Uh, Our next announcement is VBS is this week. I'm excited. Hey, so... Wait, 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 you, you got to save your applause because there's better stats. We have um, 350 kids joining us. Now you could applaud, yeah. And I do believe we have about 150 volunteers. So I wanted to ask, if you are a volunteer at VBS this week, could you please stand up for us? We want to celebrate you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. You can have a seat. Thank you. VBS is a a lot of work. It is a week of keeping up with a bunch of kids. But boy, do we get to share the gospel. And we get to share it often. And, uh, kids, they might never get the opportunity to hear this again. These kids are coming from, from their, no church homes, no church families. Their parents might be bringing them here because, you know, my kid goes away for a week. It's been a crazy summer. Finally gets a peace and rest. But this is a moment where, where we get to love on them. And show them the love of Jesus. And it's just an awesome opportunity. I'm excited. Please be praying for us this week as we, as we have a blast with VBS. So that's what's going on. I got one more thing. If you loved the Floyd family farewell, I've got a surprise for you. <laughs> We've got the Green family farewell. No, I'm kidding. We, um, next Sunday at five o'clock, we are having the Green family farewell. It is just a chance to celebrate and love on the greens as they answer God's call and transition. So this is also a very exciting time. Please come to this so we can, we can celebrate them. Let them know just how much their family has meant to us here at Stetson. All right, that's it for announcements. Let me pray first and we'll continue in worship. God, thank you for today. Thank you that you are worth worshiping and praising. Lord, I pray today that we could just unite as body of believers, God, that we could come together, sing your praises, and lift you up above all else. Your son's amazing name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together as we continue to worship and praise God for all that he is to us.
2: continue to worship Jesus this morning. There is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Your name is power Your name is healing Your name is life Break every stronghold Shine through the shadow burn like a fire. I just want to speak the name of Jesus, over fear and all anxiety, so every soul held captive by the prayer. Your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life, break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like the fire, and we shout Jesus, shout, shout Jesus, Jesus from, from the mountains, Jesus in the streets Sing it out Jesus Jesus in the darkness Over every enemy Jesus for my family I speak the holy name Jesus Shout Jesus Shout Jesus from the mountains And Jesus in the streets Jesus in the dark is over every enemy, Jesus Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Shout Jesus, shout Jesus from the mountains, and Jesus in the streets, Jesus darkness over every enemy Jesus for my family Jesus, over every heart and every mind, because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak, Jesus. Amen. Lord Jesus, we proclaim your name above all that we are and all that we have. But we proclaim the name of Jesus in this place this morning, above our struggles, above our joys, above our anxieties. Lord, all that we have and all that we are, we lift up the name of Jesus this morning. We thank you for the cross. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for what you've done for us. In your name we pray, amen. Let's be seated.
1: And good morning so glad that you are here today, and what a wonderful day uh, it already has been. What a, great, uh, what a great time we've had in worship this morning, and uh, just so grateful for what God is going to share with us as we continue. Um, as, as you heard just a moment ago, we'll be having uh, next Sunday night just a time of farewell uh, to uh, Justin and the Green family, uh, and I just want to say a, a note of appreciation for uh, both for Justin and for the ministry he's had here, and then also looking back to Andrew just kind of said goodbye, you know, I, I, we're done with that for a little while, okay? So I just want you to know that and uh, and hear that. And then a couple of things I uh, want you to, to hear as well is that um, with a with the departure of a student pastor, with the departure of a children's pastor, we're going to continue to push forward. But there are going to be some gaps, and there are just some things that we're going to need to take care of, some things we're going to need to be thinking about, some things that we're going to need to be uh, that we're going to need some help in. And so I just want to say right now, if you would be willing to help us, we need you all right uh and so if you would be willing to help us out in our children's ministry or our uh, student ministry, kids ministry, student ministry, we would love to have you. And uh, we're not asking you to step into, like, teaching a class or anything like that, but we are asking for kind of the ministry of presence, honestly. Uh, We need people, and we need people that would be willing to invest in these ministries and be a part of them. And so whether that's Sunday morning or Wednesday nights in either of these ministries, this is an opportunity for you to kind of raise your hand and say, I'm willing I'm willing. It doesn't mean that we're necessarily just going to push you into a spot or anything like that, but we would love to talk with you about what these ministries need and ways that you can get involved. Have I stalled enough for you to pull out your phone and text the word VOL to 3867341991. I'm stalling some more for you to pull out your phone and text that word to that number. It will send you back a little link and uh, I'm going ahead and giving you permission to be on your phone during the pastor's sermon today. All right, that is uh, that is permission given. Please take it, take advantage of it. This is an opportunity. Honestly, and I'm I, all kidding aside, church, we have got to understand the importance of these two ministries. We have got to recognize the understanding. I, I, I quick aside for years, years in uh in in student ministry the conversation was this we've got to grow these kids and their faith because we're losing them when they go to college can i tell you something i am regularly on the high school campus i think we might be losing them before college i think we might recognize and understand that our job as a church is to reach and disciple children and to reach and disciple students all the way from the point that they are coming out of preschool all the way up to the point that they are graduating, and we have got to do a better job. And I'm inviting you to be a part of that. And you may say, well, I I don't want to teach a class, or I don't really know, or I'm not. Listen, if you would be willing to be there, you don't know how much that means just by being present in these ministries. And so I want to encourage you. I'm stalling some more. I want to encourage you to be a part of this and to, uh, and to, and to sign up and to raise your hand and say, I'm willing. Now show me how I can get involved, okay? By the way, this won't be the last time you hear about that, but uh, it's a great opportunity for you to get involved and be a part. Well, today we're going to pick up in Galatians chapter 4, where we left off last week. So if you have your Bibles, Galatians chapter 4, verse 8. If you don't have your Bible, there's one in the rack there in front of you, and it's uh, the scripture we're going to be looking at today is on page 974. While you're turning there, let me just ask you, isn't it fun? Isn't it fun? When someone comes to you and they say, hey, we need to talk. And basically, in that conversation that they have, they tell you about something you did or something you said that they thought was unkind, that they thought was wrong, that they thought was unrighteous. And there's a level of, in that conversation, there's a level of, confrontation it's not an argument it's basically somebody coming to you and saying i didn't like it and i think you were wrong isn't that fun don't you love that isn't it amazing isn't it fun let's flip the let's flip the script a little bit isn't it fun when you have a friend or a family member or a coworker or a neighbor or a child or a spouse that says something that you disagree with, that says something that maybe was painful to you, maybe they hurt your feelings, maybe they said something that you kind of look at and you go, that's not, that didn't just hurt my feelings, that was wrong. That was unkind, that was not right. They should not have done it that way. And you, something is inside of you, and you feel like you have to go to somebody and say, hey, can we talk? Isn't that fun? Don't you love that? My kids know that if there's ever a time that that mom or dad comes in and says, hey, let's talk for a second. And we walk through the living room to mom and dad's bedroom, and we walk in, and they walk in first, and we walk in second, and then we close the door. They know. At that moment, they're thinking, what have I done wrong? What have I done wrong? What have I done wrong? Something is about to come up. I know that I'm going to have to have a conversation. What have I done wrong, right? Right? They're racking their brains trying to figure out, what can I give it as an excuse? What can I give it as an excuse? What can I, how can I work this out so that I don't have to deal with it, right? We all have those moments, and it may not be that your parents walk in and shut the door, but listen, that doesn't stop as teenagers. That doesn't stop as children. That continues on throughout our life. Many of us have had situations where the boss called us in and said, hey, sit down. We need to talk. Woo, that's not comfortable, is it? Or maybe a spouse walks in and says, hey, listen, since we're not talking about anything else, let's talk about this. And you think, oh, that's not gonna be good. I don't don't know if I wanna have that conversation. Confrontation, we're gonna see today, confrontation is really a part of life and it's a very important part of life. What we're gonna look at today, just so you can kind of have the understanding, what we're gonna look at today is we're gonna look at an example An example from Paul of how we can confront people in a healthy way, in a righteous way, in a biblical way. The content of what we're going to look at today is very repetitious and similar to the content that Paul has been speaking through the book of Galatians throughout. But he's going to use it and we're going to see just kind of an an example today of how we can confront people and deal with situations in our lives in a healthy way. This is important stuff. So let's just dig in. Galatians chapter 4, verse 8. It says, formerly, Paul writing to the church at Galatia, formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not God's. But now, But now, something has changed. But now that you have come to know God, or rather, to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid that I may have labored over you in vain, Paul is speaking to the church at galatian he 's basically saying, "Hey, you guys have become not you were not believers, and then you became believers, and now you 've kind of started to lean over into being not believers again." We know if you've been around for a while we know that the Galatian church was dealing with one specific issue. And that issue was that they had become believers in Jesus, but there was a group of people called the Judaizers that had kind of had kind of infiltrated the ranks and they were coming to the Jewish believers in Galatia, I'm sorry, the Gentile believers in Galatia and they were saying, "Hey, you used to you used to believe in you need to believe in Judaism. It's not just about believing in Jesus. You need to practice the feasts, and you need to practice the rituals, and you need to uh, worship all of the holy days, and you need to do all of the Jewish things, because that's going to make you a real believer. And Paul is saying, no, 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 no. It's not about all those things, it's just about believing in Jesus. That's what's most important. That's what gets us to where we need to get. He he specifically illustrates this here. He says, you started to believe in weak and worthless elementary principles. Those those ideas of the practice of the law, the the idea that somehow we can live a life that is, is pure and holy before God, and we can work our way up to him. He talks about the days and months and seasons and years. That's not just talking about the calendar. That's talking about the religious calendar, that they were practicing the feasts and the holy days that don't lead to salvation. He's saying, you are falling backwards. All God wants you to do is to believe in him. Paul actually, at the end of this, he, he expresses a concern that his efforts in teaching the Galatian church might have been wasted. That maybe he's missed out and they've missed out. and He's saying, oh man, it just bothers me because I feel like I might have labored over you in vain. Maybe my time with you was... It's just not worth anything. He goes on in verse 12. He, he says, brothers, I entreat you, become as I am. For I also have become as you are. You, you did me no wrong. I, you know it was because of a bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you at first. And though my condition was a trial to you, you did not scorn or despise me, but received me as an angel of God as Christ Jesus, what then has become of your blessedness? For I I testify to you that if possible, you would have literally, you would have gouged out your eyes and given them to me. This is the relationship that that Paul and the Galatian church had with one another. He is saying, listen, if you need an earthly example, use me. Okay, maybe maybe following Jesus isn't enough. Maybe you need something concrete that you can follow. Fine, follow me. Why did Paul say, follow me? Because he knew that if they followed him, he was following Jesus. So by following him, they would be following Jesus. He's saying, I, I, if you need an earthly example, fine. But don't use the earthly example of going back to the Jewish laws. Instead, follow because I'm going to live in the grace and the freedom and the the mercy and the forgiveness that is in Jesus. He he goes on to define their relationship. and, And he says, listen, do you remember when I came to you and preached to you? I came and I had this bodily ailment. I had this sickness. I had this difficulty, this handicap, if you will. Uh, lots of commentators have tried to figure out what that was. Most of them have centered around it. Probably had something to do with his eyesight. It may have been that he was physically disfigured and could not see. There are times in Scripture where Paul talks about writing in his own handwriting, and he says, "See what large letters I write with." And the idea was maybe that he was writing with large letters because that would help him to see. Here it talks about the fact that that he was so um, that he was so uh, handicapped or or in, in difficulty that the people did not scorn him, but instead they received him. He's saying, we know each other. Listen to my teaching. He said, you know me so so well that when I was with you and I was struggling and you didn't scorn me, as a matter of fact, you would have gouged out your eyes and given them to me if it would have helped. He's saying, we are close. We are tight. We are in a relationship with each other. So listen to me. Listen to what I'm teaching you. Follow what I'm teaching you. Go with what I'm teaching you. It's really important that you hear this message. It's a confrontation, but it's in a spirit of love. He finishes up. He says, have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? They, the Judaizers, they make much of you, but for no good purpose. They want to shut you out that you may make much of them. It is always good to be made much of for a good purpose. And not only when I am present with you, my little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. He finishes off. He says, I wish I could be present with you and change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. You are confusing me. He, he says that there was, he says, it, 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 I, I'm going to tell you the truth, and, and I realize that you don't want to hear it. But I need to share the message of the truth with you. He says, there's a group of people that that really puff you up. They tell you everything you want to hear. They make much of you. They're really impressed by you. But the reason they're making much of you is not so that you can believe rightly. The reason they're making much of you is so that you will align yourself with them. And they're leading you astray. He says, "Not only will they make much of you, but they actually shut themselves off from you, so that you will make much of them." It's that absence makes the heart grow fonder idea. It's the idea that that that, hey, if I if I push you away, I mean, basically, what he's saying is the Judaizers are toying with your emotions. I'm not going to do that. I'm here with you. I'm sharing you the I'm sharing with you the truth. I'm not toying with your emotions. We are on the same page. We are on the same team. He says, I am in such anguish. I don't understand how he says this, but he says, I am in such anguish. It's like the anguish of childbirth. I don't understand how he understands what that would mean. But regardless, what he's saying is, I am in great pain. So much so that all I want is for you to be formed into the likeness of Jesus. I just want you to follow Jesus. That's all that that I'm trying to say here. It's not about, I'm not angry with you. I'm perplexed about you. I'm confused by you. you. Why would you give up the freedom of Christ to follow the law? Why would you do that? It's a great question for us. Why would you give yourself to legalism when you have the freedom in Jesus? When you've been forgiven, the grace of God is over your life. Why? Would you do that? So there's the message. There's the scripture. Now, I I told you, I I want us, because because this is a little bit repetitious, this message in this section of scripture is a little bit repetitious with the things that we have said up to this point in Galatians. He is going to turn a corner in the next chapter, so we'll get there. But I I want us today to take a little bit of a sideways view of it. And I want us to see in this passage some examples of confrontation, because that's what he's doing here. He's doing it in a kind way, in a loving way, in a gracious way, so gracious that we can read it, and we, we might not even see the firmness with which he is speaking to the Galatians, and yet he is. Friends, the principle that I want you to walk out of here with today is that we have got to, as believers, we have got to get over the idea that the best way to live is to go along to get along. We've got to to recognize that there are some things in the world, there are some things in relationships that we have that are not good and not right, and we must be willing to take a stand, to, to determine who we are and where we are, to determine what we believe. To to say, I'm okay with this, I'm not okay with that. The old country song said it this way. You've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. It's true. We've got to live in such a way that we recognize that there are things that are good and there are things that are bad. And we must, as believers in Christ, be willing to stand up and say, that's not okay. So how do we do that? Well, the first thing that I need you to see is that in the example that we have here is, a, is an example of confrontation. And we need to understand that confrontation is not, it never is going to be easy. But it is necessary. We can't just go along and say, well, you know, somebody, somebody should say something. Guess what? That somebody is you. you uh, well, I, I'm not okay with it, but I don't, I don't want to rock the boat. Friend, please rock the boat. We need to understand that, that if we are walking with Christ, if we are leading others to walk with Christ, we must be willing to confront. We may term that in a lot of different ways. We may, we may not like the word con- confrontation. Okay, we'll just change it to conversation. I know, I, I, I'll tell you, my wife and my kids and I, we have had a lot of conversations. Right? But what is it? It's for the better. It's for the good for the good of the relationship it's for the good of their life it's for the good of our marriage it's for the good of our home we've had a lot of conversations but we must recognize that there there does come a time that we cannot just go along to get along so in the time that we have left I want to share with you a few principles and we're going to see just some examples uh from Paul's conversation with the Galatians about how do we confront biblically How do we confront biblically? If you have never written anything down, I would encourage you to write these five things down, five of them, because this is a great, there's some principles here that can really help us in our lives. Number one, how do we confront biblically? Number one, love the person. You should never confront someone that you don't love it should be out of a spirit of love that confrontation is born it should be out of a out of a, a relationship of love listen to paul's tone as he speaks to the galatians he could have attacked them and yet he says things like become as I am. He talks about their relationship. He says, listen, you received me rather than rejecting me. You would have gouged out your eyes if if it if it would have helped. We care about each other. I love you, and I'm saying all of this out of that love. He says, I long to be with you and to be around you. He says, I'm perplexed about you, but it's not because I don't care. I wouldn't even be saying anything if I didn't care. The first thing that we're going to have to take into our minds and our hearts is if we're going to confront someone, we must first love them. If you don't love someone, keep your mouth shut. Because it's not going to do any good. It's going to come across as an attack it's going to come across as a lashing out and there's no good to that so so we need to first love the person second how do we how do we biblically confront <laughs> second we pray a lot a lot we need to pray. We need to pray for that person. We need to pray for the situation. We need to pray for wisdom. We need to pray for the words to say. We need to pray for the moment to be right. We need to pray for the circumstances of that conversation. We need to pray. He talks about, I am afraid that I may have labored over you in vain. He, he goes on to say, I am in anguish. I am in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Can I just tell you, when we read that, I don't know if you get this sense, but I get the sense that Paul is not writing that without feeling it. Paul is not writing that to the Galatians that he hasn't already said to God. I get the impression from this that Paul has gone before the Lord many, many times and said, Lord, the Galatians. Lord, that church. Lord, those people. They are they are." Falling away from you, Lord, I'm bringing them before you. I just get the sense that God, that, that Paul has brought the Galatian church before the Lord over and over and over. That's his anguish. That's his per, perplexed uh, mindset. That's his confusion. He, he is saying, "Lord, I'm I'm bringing them before you. Lord, would you watch the Galatians?" If I need to say something, then I will. But Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with this group of people that, that know better, and yet they keep going back. I just get the sense that, that Paul is not just coming willy-nilly before the Galatians saying, well, let me just tell you what I believe. Let me just tell you what I think. No, he has a great sense of love, and he has brought their names before the Lord first. First. The next thing that we can see here is we can focus on the gospel outcome. Focus on the gospel outcome. Uh, Paul exemplifies this by saying, become like me because I'm going to be like Jesus. He says, you have come to know God. I love this at the very beginning. He said, you have come to know God and you have come to be known by God. It's not just that you know God. It's that God knows you. He says, I want you to know the Lord. And I want it to be all about what Jesus has done. See the confrontation that Paul brings before the Galatians. He doesn't just do it on his own. No, he focuses on the gospel outcome. I want you to live in the freedom of Christ. That's the message of the gospel. I'm not coming to you to attack. I'm coming to you to to live a life of, of freedom and mercy and grace. By the way, where do we get freedom and mercy and grace? From the gospel it's the message of Jesus and Paul simply wants the Galatian church to live in the presence and the truth of the message of Jesus if we're going to have a conversation with someone it really it needs to come back here I'll give you the the next statement because I think it goes along with that and that is that if we're going to have a confrontation a biblical confrontation then we're going to need to bring it back to the Bible We're going to need to bring it back to the Bible. What does the Word of God say about this? Because you see, we can share our opinion all day long. But at some point, someone needs to say, I need an authority higher than you, and we need to be able to have that. We need to be able to have that mindset that that we can say, this is what the Word of God says. The gospel outcome, this is what the gospel would lead us to. This is what the message of the Word of God would lead us to. Paul said it this way, is it so bad? Have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Friends, at the end of the day, this is the only thing that is truly true. This is the truth. And if we can't bring a situation or a circumstance back to the Word of God, we might should say, you know what, this is really just more about my opinion. It's really just more about my petty desires. Or maybe I'm having a confrontation about a pet peeve. Is that really worth it? Or should we major on the majors and struggle on those things that actually make a difference, not only for this life, but for eternity? Can we be honest with each other for a moment? Most of the conversations that we have, most of the confrontations that we have are pretty petty. We can get so focused on something that God is saying, I didn't give that to you, but we gave it to us. Oh, I'm angry about this. Where would you find the anger in the word of God? I'll encourage you, because some of you are like, well, I don't know the Bible well enough. That means I'm never going to be able to have to have have a conversation or never going to have a confrontation. Let me introduce you to a really great tool, and you can use this anytime you want to. Google.com. And type in the little search bar these words. What does the Bible say about, and you just fill in the blank. I promise you, if the Bible has something to say about that particular topic, one of the first results that you're going to get is from a website called openbible.com or openbible.org. I can't remember exactly, but it will literally give you scripture after scripture after scripture that will deal with the topic that you're asking about. You may say, whoa, now I can have lots of conversations. (laughs) But hear this. If you type, what does the Bible say about, and there's no open Bible, and there's no scripture, there's just a bunch of people, you know, spewing their hatred about whatever topic it is, that's a moment that you should go, hmm, I think I should probably keep my mouth shut about that. I don't think that's as big of a deal as maybe I've made it out to be. Maybe I just need to leave it alone. How can we confront biblically? Love the person, pray a lot, Focus on the gospel outcome and then bring it back to the Bible. And then number five, and this is going to come out of left field for you, but I think it's probably, it's probably one of the most important things when we have these gospel confrontations. You ready? Go to lunch. What? What exactly are you talking about? What I'm talking about is there's a moment that comes in every confrontation where you need to say, okay, it's been said, we've had the conversation, you've heard me, we understand each other, and now in the immortal words of Elsa, let it go. Let it go. There comes a moment, listen, I, I... Too many times, too many times those gospel confrontations fall on the fact that we won't let it go. Just let it go. All right, let's go to lunch. Let's go get a burger. Let's hang out. Let's play a game. We're not going to dwell on this. And then, don't dwell on this. Let it be said, let it be done, and move on. Because what are we trying to do? We're trying to build a relationship. We're trying to build a culture. We're trying to build things to be better. I can, I can, we can disagree with someone. We can confront someone and still care about them. But too many times we feel like, and this is one of the reasons why confrontation is so difficult, so many times in our lives when we confront, we feel like we need to hold on to it and check in and check in and check in and check in. Let it go. Go to lunch. Hang out. Be a friend. Be a family member. Don't worry about it. Move on and let God do the work. It's not your job to change somebody it's your job to stand up and to say hey there's some things we need to talk about now let's move on it's all good i love you just as much after this conversation as i did before and that's a lot so let's move on confrontation it isn't easy but it is necessary let's pray father thank you Thank you for practical teaching. Thank you, God, for the privilege of of being able to see your work in our lives. And God, I I just pray. I I know that as we've talked about this today, God, there there are subjects, there are people, there are names, there are faces, there are situations that have kind of popped up in our mind or popped up in our heart. And God, I just pray for each one of those situations. I pray that Your purpose would be accomplished. I pray that you would give us a love for those people on the other side of maybe an issue or a situation or a circumstance or a conversation. God, I pray that you would draw us to our knees and that we would pray for the situation and for them and for whatever the outcome might be. God, I pray that you would. I pray that you would allow us to understand that the things that we need to major on are the things of your word. And that we would make much of you, your gospel, your truth, your word. And then, God, I just pray that in those moments when we have those difficult conversations, and I pray that we would step into that. But, God, I pray that we would find a way to step out of it, to step back into relationship, to step back into love, to step back into, hey, we're just doing life together. And we're going to work on this together. And things have been said, but we're moving on. God, I just pray that you would give us a clarity there. God, we thank you. We thank you for the privilege of of placing things in our lives. God, there's not a person in this room that is perfect. For everything that we've thought about, we need to say something about. There's probably other people that have said, that have thought they need to say something to us. And so God, I just pray that we would be open, honest, and recognize that at the end of the day, you have given us your son so that we can be forgiven of all wrongdoing. And we can live in the mercy and grace and forgiveness of Jesus Jesus Christ. God, we love you. We thank you for loving us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to invite you to stand. We're going to sing a song today that just talks about the foundation that we have in Christ. And it is because of that foundation that we can live a life of holiness. That we can live a life that is pure before him. That we can live a life that maybe everything doesn't make sense. But we can always follow him and allow him to be our guide every step of the way. Let's sing this out today.